Hello, my friend. Congratulations on making it to Friday. You did it. We did it. Woohoo! My voice cracked a little bit there, kind of channeling Peter Brady. Anyway, congratulations on making it to Friday. I know some weeks are easier than others, and if this week has been one of those weeks for you, I am proud of you. You made it, and I am giving you a high five or a hug virtually right now. Whichever you prefer, just take that. If you want to take both, take both. Today's episode is going to be a short one, I think. I wanted to comment on a post from a couple of weeks ago on Instagram about how when we accept something, it doesn't mean that it's actually acceptable to us. And the example that I provided was a situation that I encountered with my mother when it came to her relationship with my son and really a lack of initiative with her. So I was seeing a counselor at the time. This was actually during my stress leave back in 2021. And one of the things that really hurt me was that my mom never, okay, I take that back, not never, but rarely initiated any sort of conversation with my son. And I get that at, you know, four years old, three and a half, four years old, like he's not going to be this great conversationalist, right? But we have the luxury of FaceTime. And my son was old enough at that time to see people, to know who they were. And I thought it would be a great way for my parents to connect with my son, with us living in California at the time and them living in Arizona. And I want to say over the course of a year and a half, we had maybe 10 FaceTime calls with my parents. And I want to say nine of those were probably initiated by me. And It hurt. What I thought at the time was that there was just a lack of interest in my child. And that devastated me because although my niece did live with my parents for a while, their level of involvement in her life, their interest in her was like a 180 I knew that my parents cared about my son because they told me that they did. But to be perfectly blunt, their actions weren't very consistent with that. And my expectations of my dad were less than what my expectations were for my mom. My dad has said to me in the past, in regards to himself and his family, we are not a communicative group. And he's come a long way. He's gotten a lot better. But my mom, my mom was this person that really just kind of wanted to be in everyone's business. And so when she really wasn't making a lot of effort with my son, 
Like I said, it hurt me. And every week that went by, I would be hurt. And I was hurt because I was disappointed. I wanted there to be an interest in my son because my son is this amazing person. And my son is a part of my mom. And my son is a part of my dad. And I didn't understand why they didn't seem to give a shit. Especially when they were so gaga over my niece when she was young. I have often felt like the black sheep in my family and this was yet another way where I felt that way. And every week that went by, I was just more hurt. I was more disappointed. My own feelings and insecurities about my role within my family Their lack of interest, what appeared to me to be a lack of interest in my child, just validated the story that I was telling myself about how important or unimportant I was in my family. And I was talking to my therapist about this, and she used this terminology radical acceptance. And I had never heard that before. And so I didn't know what that meant. And so how she explained it was getting to a state of just accepting things the way that they are. It doesn't mean that you actually like how things are, but the act of accepting things as they are is really about you. It's about making life easier on yourself. So you are not feeling this disappointment and this frustration and this hurt and this angst because the same things keep happening over and over or nothing about a situation changes or nothing about a person changes. If you just get to a point where you just accept things as they are or accept someone as they are, it really creates less turmoil for you. And it makes me think of the act of forgiveness. A lot of us have been conditioned to believe that forgiveness is about the other person. So many of us will hold grudges or we won't say, I forgive you, or we won't say, I don't accept your or I accept your apology. We won't say that because we want to hold a grudge. We don't want to forgive that person because that person hurt us or disappointed us. But when we do that, we hold on to all of that negative energy that's associated with that hurt, with that disappointment, with that betrayal. We hold on to all of that. Often, That person just goes on living their life, probably doesn't even understand the depths of what we're feeling and how hurt we may be by something or how disappointed we may be. They go on just being themselves and we're left with this tightness in our chest. But if we look at forgiveness as a way to show ourselves grace and compassion, 
and maybe release some of that tension in our chest, it becomes about us. We make it about us, but in this instance, it's a good thing to do because we are able to be more at peace when we forgive because that simple act just kind of releases pressure. You know, I'm thinking of like a balloon when you blow up the balloon and the latex is just stretched so tautly. And then you untie the knot or you get some scissors and you let the air out and the balloon just goes flying all over the place. And obviously it's not taut any longer. It's not, there's no tension there because the air has been released. The pressure has been released. So often when we choose to forgive someone, if we truly forgive them, it is like a weight off their shoulder or off our shoulders. And that has been my experience with radical acceptance as well, is it feels the same way. It actually does to me physically feel like truly forgiving someone. The tension goes away. The disappointment, the hope that things will change, that never went away for me. But the conversation with my therapist was so powerful and so impactful. And when we talked about why I didn't want to accept it, it was because I just, I had this hope that something would change. And every time it didn't change, I got mad. And why did I get mad? I got mad because I was hurt. And why was I hurt? I was hurt because I was disappointed. I felt like my child didn't matter. And because my child didn't matter, I didn't matter. And I don't know if that's true. And with my mom passing away, I'll never know. But when my therapist said, you know, you don't have to lose hope. You don't have to stop being disappointed. But basically, the level of disappointment that you're going to feel will likely be less because you've just accepted that your mom is not going to show up the way that you want her to show up. Your dad is not going to show up the way that you want him to show up. And it may mean what you think it means, and it may not mean what you think it means. But they are showing you who they are, and you can either choose to accept it and give yourself some peace, or you can choose to not accept it, to have these expectations that will likely never be met, and just continue to feel frustrated and pissed off. And so it took a lot of work for me to get to a point where I just accepted that them not calling, not even asking to FaceTime was just who they were. But eventually I did get there. And in June of 2021, we actually went to visit my parents and That was the first time they ever met Milo face to face. And we were there for like five or six days and Milo responded really well to them. And I think one of the things that hurt me the most was when my mom would FaceTime with Milo, she would be so silly 
he would elicit these huge belly laughs. And that's one of my favorite sounds in the world. And she could elicit that response from him. And that made me so happy. It made me so happy to see him enjoying that interaction so much. And it made me so happy to see them interacting that way. And I think that's what I wanted more of. I wanted my kid to feel like he mattered. But then I realized if he hardly interacts with them, he's not going to have anything to compare it to. This is just always his relationship with them. And as long as I don't push my stuff on him, this may not even mean anything to him, you know? But anyway, that was why I wanted those types of conversations to happen. So when we went to see them in June and and they had built this foundation with him, I said, you know, it would really mean a lot to me if you guys could continue to build upon the foundation that you created here. So maybe we can FaceTime, you know, once a week. And, you know, my, my mom was in and out of the hospital. So, of course, I would never have that expectation at the hospital, um, you know, when she was at the hospital. But I just, I wanted some consistency. And I said, you know, we have made an effort for a very long time. And this needs to be relatively equal. So if you make an effort, we will, we will continue doing what we have been doing as long as you make an effort. So that was June of 2021. My mom passed away about a month ago, almost two years since we went to see them. And do you know how many times she and or my dad requested to FaceTime Milo? One. And it was on March 18th, a little less than a week before she passed away. And I'm sharing this with you because if it hadn't been for me getting to a place of radical acceptance, that past year, the past year and nine months would have just had me so riled up. And it didn't. I was still hurt. I was still disappointed, but the expectation that I had basically went away about a month after we went to visit them because I realized nothing was going to change. And I'm thankful that I got to a place where I didn't feel angry. I noticed the lack of initiative on their part. And it wasn't as though that they they didn't see him at all because I would FaceTime them periodically and I would have Milo with me and so they would see him. But again, there was no request from them until a few days before my mom passed away in that whole nearly two-year period. And so that's why I'm thankful for that whole concept of radical acceptance and it's why I wanted to share it with you and share this example because this is an example that is very close to my heart and if I can apply this concept here then I can apply it 
to other areas of my life. So again, the idea of radical acceptance is really just getting to a place where you accept the situation for what it is, you accept the person for who they are, and it's not to say that the situation or how a person is behaving is acceptable. The state of radical acceptance is really about you finding peace in the situation with the situation being what it is. It's about finding peace when you just acknowledge this is who the person is and if I'm expecting them to be different, then that's really about me because this person is showing me who they are and I continue to choose to not accept that. And I feel like there are so many opportunities in our life that we don't like. And I am a big believer of taking action. If there is something in your life that you don't like, what can you do to change it? Maybe you have a neighbor that complains about everything and you have tried to work with them and address all of the issues that they have complained to you about and they're still not happy because there is just always something to bitch about. And at this point, they're just re- being unreasonable. So at that point, I guess like you could move or you can just accept that this person is probably just a really unhappy person and is always going to find something to complain about. So you just accept that and just know that the next time you see this person, they're probably going to bitch about something and it's probably nothing that you even need to change, need to address. And you're just like, yep, here they are. What's on their list today? And you just take it in and then just kind of disregard it. Consider the source and move on. Maybe there's a medical condition that you have and you haven't properly managed it. And so you get to a point with your physical state where you do the best you can given the current circumstances and you accept what's in your control and you accept what is not within your control. And you just get to this place of radical acceptance with this condition, knowing that you will do what you can to control what you can, but there's all of these other factors that are no longer within your control. So you just get to a point where you accept that. There's so many places in our life where radical acceptance could lessen our load, lessen our stress. And I wanted to share this concept with you because I thought when my therapist suggested this, that a state of radical acceptance meant that I was okay with it. And then I realized just because I accept something doesn't mean that I have to like it. It's just really about lessening that angst and that frustration for myself. It's getting me to a place where I feel more at peace with the circumstances that typically bring me a lot of stress. I've just made peace with it. I've accepted it. And that phrase, it is what it is. I just kind of have to live that. This concept does take practice. 
So the more often you actually put this idea into practice, the better you're going to become at radically accepting things and probably doing so far more quickly than you would have previously. So I hope you found this helpful. If you did, I would love to know. You can send me a DM at it's actually Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I. You can also send me an email, Christy at awakentheextraordinary.com. Thank you for listening. Now you go have a fabulous Friday and or a fabulous weekend. Congratulations again on making it. And I'll talk with you soon.